Hey everybody, it's Will here. Thanks so much for tuning into another episode of the Tea Podcast. In this episode, we're going to be continuing our blind tasting uh, of the teas from a farmer. Um, so occasionally farmers will send us different teas to try, um, either farmers that we haven't worked with before or farmers that we are working with, um, you know, just so we can get a sense of what types of teas they offer. Um, and it gives us a good opportunity to try some new things and kind of, you know, evaluate based on our criteria which teas we think will be good enough to offer at neotees.com. Um, so this one is a Yabukita Matcha. So this was the only matcha I believe that we've been sent in this um, batch. And so I'm gonna go ahead and do a tasting of this. What I did do actually before this is I picked up a, um, a Chasen. So I just moved recently, so I, I'm very limited on uh, tea equipment. Um, but the one thing I knew that I needed was uh, a tea whisk. So I went out and bought that. So I have a brand new one right here. I've used it maybe two times. Um, so what's really important, we've mentioned this before, is to soak your chasen before you use it. Um, so basically, if you don't know what a chasen is, it's a bamboo tea whisk used to make matcha. So this is um, kind of the traditional tool used in the tea ceremony um, and was obviously the original way to consume matcha in Japan um, was, you know, the original way to consume green tea in Japan was in a powdered form, uh, whisking it with this, this bamboo tea whisk or something similar to it. Um, and it's still the best tool, in my opinion, to get that foam on top of the matcha, which is a really big part of the drinking experience. Um, but one of the tips that we've talked about is it's important to soak the chasen because it's so brittle, these, um, these bristles. It's made out of 180 to 100 small bristles out of a single piece of bamboo. Um, and these get really brittle, when they're, especially when they're dry. So one thing you can do so it doesn't break when you're whisking is to soak it. And um, what I'm doing right now is actually I, I just poured some water into my tea bowl. Um, and then I'm, I put my whisk into there just for a minute or two. And this does two things actually. It preheats my um, chawan or my tea bowl, and it also soaks my chasen or tea whisk. Um, so this is something you'll see if you do a, a Japanese tea ceremony. They'll um, they'll both soak the the whisk and also um, they'll preheat the bowl. And preheating the bowl is good because um, you know these heavier clay bowls they kind of absorb so much heat that uh, if you were to pour the, the matcha water in to a cold bowl, it's gonna just absorb all that heat energy and, and really um, cool off your tea quickly. So a lot of people when they're drinking matcha, they like to you know have a light, a nice warm beverage they can enjoy for, for a long time. And um, the best way to do this is to kind of preheat the bowl as well. So it kind of retains that heat longer. So I'm gonna go ahead and pour this out. Hope that's okay there. And then what I'm going to go ahead and do is I'm just going to pour out some of this powder so I can get a look at it. So the color looks really good. Um, this is what we're looking for in a matcha. Uh, it's not always all about color, um, but it's just it, it gives you a pretty good indication of the quality. So, you know, as people have pointed out, there are a few tricks that you could technically um, pull if you're trying to make your lower quality matcha look higher quality and one of them is to use um, some type of dye so uh, 
what farmers, what some farmers will do. We make sure that we don't buy farmers from farmers that do this, but um, we've heard rumors around the tea fields that what some farmers do is they'll they'll use a certain type of tea uh, cultivar because it's very green, and they'll actually mix that into the matcha just to get a better color. So um, not the farmers that we work with, but we've heard that this is something that's done. Um, so color's not a perfect indication, but it's just um, something that you can do quickly to kind of have a rough evaluation of the tea. Uh, this one's looking pretty good. Yabukita matchas tend to be actually a little bit brighter overall, um, so already this is a good sign. So I'm, you know, a slightly lower bar uh, for the Yabukita matchas. I'm going to go ahead and pour in like two grams or so. Not that I can measure it perfectly, but just kind of a guess. And then one of the things I like to do as an extra step is just, uh, I like to actually make the paste. Um, and this helps smooth out some of the clumps. So if you were to just pour in all the water directly, uh, sometimes the match is going to clump up and you're going to kind of lose those clumps in the water and uh, you won't notice them until you are drinking it and you get them kind of in each sip, which is not, not such a nice drinking experience. Uh, so what I'm doing now is I pour a little bit of water, like a tiny, tiny bit of water. And then I can use the whisk to kind of smooth out some of the clumps and uh, almost make like a koicha almost, which is like a matcha paste. So this just gives me an extra opportunity to smooth out the clumps. And it's not just a consistency thing, it's also about mixing the matcha evenly into the water. Uh, if it's forming clumps, obviously, it's very difficult for it to mix evenly into the water. So this is an important step. Um, what I'm not doing, just because I, like I said, I don't have that many tea utensils on me, is I'm not sifting, which is a big, normally would be a big no-no. Um, so I'm going to get in trouble from the tea police uh, for not sifting the matcha. Uh, but this is, if you do have a sifter at home, this is definitely something you should do, is just run the matcha powder through the sifter and you'll end up with a nice fine powder that's going to mix really evenly into the water and you likely won't have to do all this unless you really want to um, but this is actually kind of a fun little step that i i enjoy even when i don't need to do it um, so i have this nice little matcha paste here and sometimes what i like to do is just get a, a nice little smell of that wow this is really this is really good it's actually a little bit um Hmm, it's, it smells really familiar. I don't, I'm not sure where. It's almost like a little bit roasted, I want to say, but, but in a good way. Normally that would be a bad thing, but in this case. Hmm. Smells really good. It just reminds me of a smell that I've smelled somewhere in Japan, but I don't remember. So I'm going to go ahead and add the rest of the water in now. I'm going to do like 100 milliliters. Just kind of stir it around, scrape off the sides of the bowl a little bit before I get into the whisking. And here you're doing just wrist movements. You're doing kind of zigzags um, with the whisk. Sometimes it helps if, if this is not, if you're not used to this motion, sometimes what helps is actually using a bigger bowl because you get a wider range of motion. Um, so, you know, maybe not Maybe this isn't the best thing to do long term, but I find when you're just starting out, it helps to use a bigger bowl because 
you can use all the space you need. Sometimes it's hard to whisk the matcha in such a, a tight space, especially if you're not used to that rapid wrist movement. So what we're doing here is we're aerating the matcha. So um, if you've ever had uh, like a nitro coffee, it's the similar concept. You're using air to kind of give the, the drink an, a lighter and airier taste, or like a creamier taste. So similar concept to like a latte, I suppose. Except you're not uh, adding any sugar. This is just, just leaves and water. So I have a nice foam on this matcha. Sometimes you can assess the quality of a matcha by the foam. Um, I don't think that this is a perfect estimate. I think good quality matchas tend to have better foam, um, but just because a matcha has a better foam than another, that doesn't necessarily mean it's a better matcha, if that makes sense. Different cultivars have different um, levels of uh, saponins and amino acids that's, that are gonna make that foam. But I have a nice foam here, which is good. Um, but the real measure of the quality is going to be in the taste. Oh, wow. That's really good. Yeah, normally I don't like these Yavukita matchas. Normally I like them to be a little bit smoother, like the Okumidori. Um, but for Yavukita, this one is, is really smooth. All right, I'm still getting that. I hesitate to say roasted because that's normally a negative quality indicator for a matcha, but but here it it really works for it. And it's almost like yeah, I think I'm getting these kind of starchier notes from this matcha, some like cereal, maybe a little bit. I don't have a whole lot of experience tasting matches. It's not really my specialty, but um, I'm doing my best here. It is quite thick. There is a little bit of astringency towards the end. I'm just going to add a little bit more water. Whisk it up a little bit more. So yeah, the foam, you're getting these kind of dense, smaller bubbles, which is which is what you want. It's usually a good sign. Hmm. Yeah, these uh these tasting notes aren't aren't really sharp on these kind of grassy or citrusy notes like you would normally get from a Yapukita. They're much smoother. The uh, the astringency of the tea comes later, if at all. Um, you're definitely getting some steamed vegetables. I would say asparagus. Yeah, I'm definitely getting definitely getting um, um, edamame in the aftertaste. I almost said umami, which I am getting as well, but edamame. Definitely. So it starts with asparagus and finishes off edamame 
little bit of green beans, I would say. But, you know, these steamed vegetables that are kind of a recurring theme with these Japanese green teas. So yeah, for a, um, for a Yabukita matcha, this is very good. Normally I don't like these, even though Yabukita is the most popular type of matcha, uh, because it's the most common cultivar in Japan. Uh, I tend not to like the Yabukita matchas, so that's why so many of our matchas are Okumidori, just because we found that that uh, is a good uh, matcha for, I guess I'm going to say, the Western palate, um, because, you know, normally in Europe and the U.S., which is where most of our customers are, we're not really looking for um, these kind of more bitter or astringent flavors in a tea. We're, we want something a little bit sweeter and a little bit smoother. Um, so we found that, you know, people like the Okamidori matches better because they're, they have that smoother, um, taste profile. Uh, we do have some Yabukita matches, but they're not as popular clearly as the Okamidori. But this one right here seems to kind of go head to head with the Okamidori matches because it is smoother and because that astringency is, is pushed back. If it is a present at all, it's pushed back to um, to weigh after the sip. Um, if that makes sense, it's not um, you know some some really bitter matcha. You get the bitterness right away. Um, this one, if there is any astringency, depending on how you prepare it, um, it's kind of in the background. It doesn't come until later, um, which gives these kind of more steamed vegetable notes a chance to play uh, in the beginning of the sip. And then um, definitely that kind of steamed edamame I get in the aftertaste is really, really clear to me. Um, so this tea I like a lot, actually. I think um, I think I wouldn't be surprised if, if, um, if you see this in our lineup in the near future. Um, we'll have to kind of do some more tests and get some more feedback on it. Um, but... You know, this one is is really good. I really like this matcha, and I normally don't like Yabukita matchas. So um, this one definitely is special, um, and I really enjoy this tasting. So uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in and, um, you know, bearing with me as I prepare this matcha. Uh, hopefully you've learned a thing or two about um, preparing teas. If you have any questions, please feel free to leave them um, in the comments on YouTube or Instagram or TikTok or reach out to us. Um, from direct message or email. Um, we're, we're pretty active on those. So um, I thank you guys so much for tuning in. I look forward to seeing you in the next tasting uh, as we continue to go through these teas and, um, and learn a little bit more about um, the offering that this farmer has for us. So thank you guys so much. We'll see you next time.